USA Wealth Group Inc. presents Money Wise with the Money Guys. Ray Lance and Pete Lance are your hosts for the next hour, talking retirement topics and having the retirement conversation for those at or nearing retirement. For more than 20 years, USA Wealth Group has been committed to helping families protect and grow their wealth. The conversation starts now. Welcome to Money Wise Radio. Good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Money Wise with the Money Guys and Girls. And that's what we have this morning. So I'd like to say a good morning. Welcome to Peter Lance, financial analyst and advisor. Good morning, Pete. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. And I'd like to say good morning to our Sunday morning social media expert, Brianna Wood. Good morning, Brianna. Good morning. Brianna, is this the first time that you've been on the show with us? No, it's not. This would be my second. Second time. Okay. So ladies and gentlemen, it's it's unfortunate that you can't see what's going on in the radio room today because Brianna is beaming with a beautiful smile from ear to ear because she's very excited to be on the radio show today. So we're glad to have you here. We're going to be talking about your generation and things that you should be doing and Peter's generation. And then we're going to talk a little bit about my generation and things that I've done, should be doing, and so forth. But mostly we're going to be talking about the differences in generation. You know, Brianna, it gets really confusing, doesn't it? It does. We've got Gen Z, Millennials, Gen X, Boomers 2, Boomers 1, post-war, World War II. Holy cow. How do you keep track and what does it all mean when you think about it? Yeah, I I didn't know until this morning that there was a Boomers 2 generation, so that was kind of a surprise to me. Yeah, I think I straddled Boomers 1 and Boomers 2, whatever that means. Mm-hmm. But in any event, so somebody along the line says defined different generations, and generations do change. So, for example, many years ago when I was practicing law, I didn't have a personal computer. We didn't have a fax machine. All those things were developed during the time that I began serving in business and serving this greater New Bedford area community. And I remember when you had one of the first cell phones ever, yep. car phones, not even a cell phone, it was a car phone. It was like one of those movies. Mm-hmm. You saw the guy that jumped into the convertible and his cell phone was wired into his car. I had one of those. Oh, wow. uh, the thing was about the size of a small elephant or it was something. A full-size heads, uh, handset. It was a full. And it had wires that went all the way into the trunk to this trunk, massive box in the trunk. The trunk had a big, massive box. It wasn't <laughs> really a mobile phone. It was a car phone. And I thought that was cool. I would drive up and down the street just to hold the phone up to my ear. I think no. I remember a story you told us once where you had a landline in your bathroom at one point. Oh, sure. <laughs> I mean, everybody should have a phone in their bathroom, shouldn't they? What if the phone rings? What do you do? Everybody does now. Well, you get your cell phone, right? Yeah. But, but we didn't have mobile phones. So I had one of the very first fax machines in New Bedford. And how how often are people using fax machines today? Not as much as they used to. Everything now is done on the computer. Mm-hmm. You scan things in the computer. It's not but, always for the better, though. I was watching a TV show the other day, and these... Um, this couple that were probably in their mid-twenties said, can you imagine the day when you had to go to a video store and hope that the movie that you wanted to watch was there? And the guy said, yeah, and now I watch movies on my phone while I'm going to the bathroom. And she said, I really <laughs> didn't want to visualize that. <laughs> no, and that's true, isn't it? But I but miss going to the video store. I thought you could say, I thought you missed going to the bathroom and having a phone there. No, I miss going to the video store. It was a special thing. You know, you did it once or twice a week at most, and... You know, you'd go and see what was on the shelves, and it's totally different now. So the reason for this little simple discussion is basically um, a lot of things change, and they change very quickly. They change in 10 years. I can remember a few years ago when I said, gosh, it's only been 10 years that we've had personal computers. And Brianna just showed me something that I'd seen a couple of years ago. There's only one blockbuster in the entire country now. There's one in Europe still, um, but the one in... Um, the U.S. is in Oregon. Oh, really? And I would have thought actually, it would be in Florida with his more older people. They've converted it into an experience where they've made everything look like it's something out of the mid-'80s. 
Hmm. And there's even a separate part of the store where you can spend the night and you pay money like a hotel and everything's retro from like 1985. I don't think I'd want to do that. (laughs) But life is really complicated today. And if you think about it, every 10, 15, or 20 years, there's major changes in technology and how we live and the things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, how long has it been since we've had Uber cars that you can call up an Uber and have somebody appear at your doorstep and uh, take you someplace? Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's disrupted the taxi cab industry entirely. How about having, what is it, DoorDash? You can have food ordered now from a restaurant and have it delivered by DoorDash it's not just that. There's like door. five different services. Sure. Um, DoorDash, Uber Eats. Um, I Grubhub. Don't know, Grubhub. I went to Ricardi's about a week ago, and they had this massive shelf, massive metal shelf, and on the top it said Uber Eats, and the next shelf down it said Grubhub, and the next shelf down it was, you know, so they had like five different shelves wow. just for all the different food delivery services. That's amazing how that industry has changed and so many other things. But truly, I literally had one of the first fax machines in New Bedford. And at that time in my small law firm, I was only able to communicate with law firms in Boston who also had fax machines. And that was a pretty big deal. You didn't have to wait to send stuff in the mail. Yeah, it's very exclusive. Yep. There's a lot of differences. And, you know, you're talking about Grubhub and DoorDash and all that. Um, I personally don't like to use it. I enjoy going out and getting my own food and doing my own things. But uh, a handful of times I've used it because uh, I'm racing to get my daughter off to, you know, cheer. And my middle child is saying I'm starving. And, you know, can you make me something? And I don't have the time. (laughs) Well, can you get me McDonald's? And I don't have the time to go to McDonald's. So you order it through DoorDash. And the only problem with that is there's a premium. You pay extra for the food, and then you have to pay a tip on top of that. So it costs quite a bit more by doing that, but there you know, is a convenience to it, I guess. But Well, it's not just the convenience. It's what's the value of your time. Yeah. But when you talk to the older generation, um, these things are really foreign concepts. So in my house at home, I have a, a bookshelf, and I still have VHS tapes but I no longer have a VHS player. But I don't want to just throw them away. What do I do with these things now? Throw them away. Throw you them keep away. it as a relic. Keep it as a relic. <laughs> well, what's ironic is uh, we're going to a business conference shortly, and one of the packaging was a retro um, package of a VHS tape, and it was really kind of funky and interesting to see that. Well, I was just thinking when my brother was uh, in the Army and served in Vietnam, uh, he was not wounded, for, fortunately, um, but he was exposed to Agent Orange and some things like that. We used to communicate with him. He had a tape recorder, and we had a tape recorder, and we did reel-to-reel tapes. Then you'd put them in a little plastic case, and then you'd mail them. And two or three weeks later, you'd get it, and we'd all sit around and put the tape down on a reel-to-reel tape recorder, and we'd listen to his tapes. Um, and then you went to cassette tapes. When have you last used a cassette tape? A long, you probably have I've never, never used You've one. never used Actually, one. Actually, that's not true. My mom had a really nice stereo when I was growing up. It was kind of big and clunky now by today's standards, but it was a six-track CD player with sure. tape. She bought it in the late 90s when cassettes were still a yep. thing. So, How about typewriters? <laughs> I, I had not used a typewriter until I started working here. <laughs> You know, sometimes we still have to fill out forms that you can't fill out on a computer. Right. We still have typewriters. Well, do we just have the one now? I think we just have the one. I think so. Here in the office. And people use it daily for certain things. So what's the relevance? We still use our fax machine. Sure. The insurance companies that we do business with, a lot of them uh, like to have forms sent via fax instead of scanned an email. They Mm -hmm. find it easier. I'm not sure if it comes through as a fax on the other end or what, but we still use our fax machine all the time. Well, the relevance of all this is that there are different age groups and different generation groups as they're being labeled. They've all grown up with different kinds of technology, different kinds of values, but there are some things that each age group needs to do to protect itself, whether it's legal documents or financial uh, documents. And if you can pay attention to some of the things we're going to talk about today, uh, if you do certain things at certain ages, you're going to have a much healthier 
retirement or leave a much larger legacy to your family and your beneficiaries. And then talk about disruption things. We have conflict politically in this country. We have a major problem with the uh, pandemic and COVID-19. And now we've had two different versions of variations and you know things keep changing in that direction. I found an interesting article um, just very recently, just in the last couple of days. Um, here's something else that we're doing now. This may surprise you. We're cursing more. Blame the blankety blank blank pandemic. So there's an article very recently, just in the last couple of days, talking about um, the pandemic maybe is causing us to swear more and curse more. Yeah, I read the article, and basically what it's saying is that people are spending more time at home, of course, so you know they're feeling more comfortable um, swearing. They're also um, on these Zoom meetings and Google Meet and everything else, and they're seeing into the homes of their employees or, um, you know, um, people that they work worked with on a daily basis, and yeah. now they're seeing them in a more personal setting, and they're seeing kids walking by and dogs walking by and everything else, so it f- makes it feel more comfortable for them to swear. So people are swearing more in emails and person and well, virtual that, meetings and everything. That there's a lot more stress going on in people's lives today because of the pandemic. You don't know whether should you get more vaccines, should you stay away from certain social events. So there's a lot more stress. Um, not in this particular article, but something I also read recently is road rage with people driving is way up. People are angry, they're stressed, they're frustrated, and so there's a lot more road rage taking place today. I definitely see a lot more of it. Oh, we all do. It's crazy. So everybody needs to say, take a deep breath and calm down. And um, Brianna, I, I want to ask you a few questions too. But so let's talk about some of the generations really quickly. What generation are you in now, Brianna? You just advanced a year in age recently. I did, don't remind me. So are you now a millennial? I'm on the cusp of being a millennial. No, you're a millennial. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm on the cusp of being a millennial or a Gen Z. I could go either way. No, 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 you are a millennial. You've, (laughs) You've passed the year age 25 marker. Oh my gosh, you've given my age away on the radio. You never do that to a woman. No, I didn't give your age away. I just said you've passed the tw- the age 25 marker. I didn't say exactly what your age was, did I? <laughs> yes, I am 25. Oh my gosh, you're 25 already. <laughs> she thinks that's really old, ladies and gentlemen. Millennials are 25 to 40, so you're right there. Yeah, so you've got another 15 years. Um, <laughs> well, gen- Generation Z... Um, you're between the ages of 9 and 24, and you were born between 1997 and 2012. So what is, what's the next Millenn- saying? What's the next you know, phrase for a generation? Because kids, Over the hill. My daughter's eight <laughs> years old, and she doesn't know what she is, and it's really freaking her out. She's not there yet. She's a youngie. Uh, actually, that's what they call the freshman. We're going to take a very short break. We're going to describe what the generations are, and then we're going to get into some meat and talk about what do you do at each generation in terms of having a better life, improving yourself, maybe retiring early. So stay tuned. We will be right back. You're listening to Money Wise with the Money Guys, hosted by Ray Lance and Pete Lance. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858 for a consultation or a second opinion on your current retirement plan. 508-998-8858. And now, back to Money Wise with the Money Guys. Welcome back to Money Wise, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about the different generations. Well, we're talking about generations because it doesn't matter what generation you're in, there's something you can do. So let's take millennial, the, the generation that you have just recently left, Brianna. What do you think is some of the things that should be done for millennials? That's age um, 25 to 40. 
So I guess depending on which side of the spectrum you're on, if you are closer to my age, which would be 25, you should probably start preparing your finances, thinking about your future, um, putting money away for retirement, talking to a financial advisor, seeing you have a 401k, something like that. Okay. Um, Good if ideas. If you are closer to the age of 40, maybe 35 or 40, you probably have accumulated some wealth at this point. Maybe you have a family or you're thinking of starting a family. You mm -hmm. should probably talk to an attorney about getting your healthcare documents in order. Um, it honestly wouldn't be a bad idea, depending on the side of the spectrum you're on, to do any number of those things. Hmm. Okay, I was actually thinking, and I've mentioned this once before, if you're in Generation Z, which is ages 9 to 24, and you're a parent and you've got a young child who's in school, they ought to have some life insurance on their life because things do happen. And what happens today with most people going to college is in order to begin, many of them will have some kind of a student loan. And if you have insurance on the life of that child and something, God forbid, should happen to them, the student loan's going to be paid off. Otherwise, it can end up being a debt for the parents who've co-signed on the loan, mm. and it's not forgiven. So uh, life insurance, even for younger children. How about um, a child going into school ought to have a durable power of attorney and a health care proxy? Number one, if they have a medical need that needs to be met, and they've done a health care proxy, which allows their parents to make a medical decision for them, they won't have to go through a guardianship if the, something has to be done. Yeah, just stepping back just a second, um, we've talked about this a hundred times over the past eight or nine years. If you have children who are, you know, minors under the age of 18 and you don't have life insurance, then that's really something that needs to get rectified immediately. That's really a, a horrible disservice to your children. And it doesn't have to be expensive. It doesn't have to be whole life insurance, you can get a very inexpensive term policy to protect them should anything unexpected happen to you. So you're talking about life insurance on the parents. Right. Yeah, no, extremely important. It's amazing how many people don't. I mean, today what happens typically is you've got, uh, if you have a couple with children, usually in most cases, both husband and wife are working. There's two incomes coming in. Maybe they bought their first house even. And guess what happens if something should occur and one of those parents loses their life. All of a sudden, the surviving parent can no longer afford to take care of things. They can't afford to make the mortgage payments. They have to sell the house. They have to find another place to live, maybe move back with their parents. Mm -hmm. um, Depending on the health of the, um, the father and the age and you know whether they're a smoker or not, you know, if, if you're a fairly healthy person and you're you know, 40 years old, you can most likely get a million dollar life insurance policy for about a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, and that's less than that for that's the very, mother. very accurate. Um, so you're just over the age of forty. We won't mention your age on the radio today, Pete. Um, I was a teenager when you were born. I'm Gen X. <laughs> you're Gen X. Okay, you no are Gen X, aren't you? So Gen X is between ages forty-one and fifty-six. So, gee, we have a millennial and a Gen Xer here. Well, life insurance, as Peter said, is critical. It's, it's critical for anybody who's over the age of 18. Students should have it going to college. Um, parents should have life insurance on their lives to take care of their family if something happens to them. Um, otherwise, it leaves the family in a real difficult position. Well... Setting goals is important. Uh, the new year stands before us like a chapter in a book waiting to be written. We can help write that story by setting goals. We can do that. doesn't matter what generation you're in, what age group that you're in. So going back to Gen Z, um, we're going to pass over that one now because that's up to age 24. And unfortunately, Brianna, you're no longer a member of Gen Z. I'm sorry to tell you that. It sounds like I never was in the first place. Oh, no, you were. Right. The, just because the age has changed, change, the year of birth doesn't change. So she's always been a uh, millennial. Uh, decrepit? No, no, no. <laughs> you'll never be decrepit. You take good care of yourself. So you're a millennial. 
So what I've always told people, when you start your first job, make sure you sign up for any savings account or retirement plan that exists at work, especially if there's a matching goal. Um, I can't tell you how many people I've seen over the years who have a retirement plan and they don't participate in it. And usually if the company's matching money, if you're not putting money in at least equal to get what you have to do to get the match, then you're wasting money. You're, you're leaving it on the table. Yeah, if a company's offering money, then you've got to put in as much money as they're willing to match. And um, life insurance, we've talked about briefly, so we won't talk about that again. I will mention that, um, Peter, you and your wife each have a million-dollar life insurance policy because you've got younger kids. You've got kids still in school. And if something happened to either one of you, you wouldn't want to have to sell your house. So, for example, your wife has a million-dollar life insurance policy that costs around 700 and something dollars a year. Yours is a little bit more because you're a male and men do more stupid things than women do. Well, and just in general, they typically take more risks. Younger. Oh, they take more risks. Well, I'm not sure if it's that or if it's, you know, the actuary table that men just typically die younger, health-wise. they do. And um, so in any event, um, give us a call at 508-998-8858. Peter or me or somebody else will be happy to talk to you, run quotes for you. Uh, We work with the largest wholesale company in the country that writes insurance policies for all kinds of companies. And um, you can get comparative quotes. You can also do permanent insurance. One of the benefits of permanent insurance, by the way, uh, Brianna, is that it can be used as a source of saving money for retirement, believe it or not. And here's how that works. So if you had permanent insurance, it'll cost you a little bit more, number one. But you're building cash value. You're building um, a source of money that you can take out later without paying income taxes on it. And um, It never has to be paid back. It just reduces the amount of the uh, death benefit. So um, there's other life insurance like universal life or indexed universal life that can potentially earn even more um, cash value and be used as a retirement asset. So what happens is, let's say you built up $10,000 worth of cash flow, and now you can borrow the money from the company rather than take it out as income. Most of the um, people who are taking out whole life insurance, I usually try to recommend that regardless of their age, that it's paid off by the time they're 65 because that's about the age that most people retire. And therefore, you're going to have most likely um, a reduction in your income. And therefore, maybe you can't afford the premiums anymore. So I like to try to at least recommend and do different quotes to show the difference between paying up that life insurance policy at age 65 versus paying all the way until you're you know, 90 or 100. When we come back, we're going to talk about some other things you can do if you are a millennial. If you were born between 1981 and 1996 and you're currently between the ages of 25 and 40, start saving for retirement with your very first job. We'll be right back. This is Money Wise Radio with Ray and Pete Lance, powered by the USA Wealth Group. Collectively, more than 80 years of experience helping clients define and plan for their retirement goals. To begin a retirement consultation, call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back to Money Wise, ladies and gentlemen. Today we're talking about the different generations and the most important message for today is gonna be start early. I've seen people who started with their very first jobs and put aside $25 a week and typically into a bank account. Banks are paying very low uh, interest rates at the moment. And then when they accumulate a little bit more, they would invest it in something different. So Peter, you do a lot of work telling people ways that they can invest their money, you help them invest their money. But Brianna, I suspect a lot of people today are doing it themselves in the millennial group, if you're between 25 and 40, and they think that they're smart, they can do anything, 
they're using online tools and doing some of this themselves. Yeah, that's right. So I've seen a lot of news articles regarding people my age. Um, they're less apt to reach out to a financial advisor to help them with, you know, investing and retirement funds. Um, they think that they're better suited to do it themselves. They also are trading on apps such as Robinhood. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not very familiar with the stock market. I'm sure a lot of people my age don't know enough about it to be putting as much money as they are into these different companies. So um, I myself have not invested just because it seems like a gamble, but I think so, it's really important to reach out to an advisor. So it's time now. And this is an article that's uh, very recent, the beginning of December from CNN. There's little reason for Robin Hood investors to be merry. And it says that uh, the stock is now trading 40% below its offering price of $38 a share and nearly 75% below the all-time high right when the initial IPO came out. And um, some of the reason for that is um, back at the beginning of 2021, um, Robinhood actually limited um, the amount of shares that investors could purchase in GameStop, which was a huge mm -hmm. blow to them. And so these apps, you know, they have their own um, you know, agendas. They're not looking out for you. If you're doing something like that on your own, you may be doing yourself a disservice. So it's good to be aware of things, but it's also good to get some professional advice. So you're, you've got various securities licenses, so you can do that. And we always start in the office with your budget. How much money do you make? What are your expenses? Can you afford to put aside some money towards retirement? And Retirement seems like it's an awful long way away when you're 25 years of age. Yeah. But Benjamin Franklin had some advice. He said, be at war with your vices, at peace with your neighbors, and let every new year find you a better man. Every now, new year? There's two, there's two ways you can think about that quotation, Brianna. Is this be a better man in general, for like for everybody, or does that mean that women should go out and find a better man? What That's do you, the what way do you think? I took it. I'm <laughs> let every year find you a better man hopefully hopefully there's uh, somebody named Brody not listening no no this is going to be on the on the radio so be careful how you answer yes I should probably think what I'm about to say before I say it <laughs> no, that's always a no. good plan <laughs> I think um I think depending on who you're talking to they would tell you something different but I think the way the way that I interpret it is to be a better man yourself, be a, a, better, be a better person. Person, yes. When I started, I realized this could be interpreted two different ways. This is well suited for Brianna. Oh, I wonder if there's some women that do that. They get some Christmas presents and get to spend New Year's with their boyfriend, and then January second they break up with them and find somebody else. I've heard that's actually the most common time for people to leave a relationship is right after the holidays. They want That's to get their presents. Probably true. Yeah. Um, There's a famous woman actress, I think. You need to look it up. And she said something to the effect that um, I've always tried to be the best housekeeper I can. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Enough of that's nonsense. Let's move on to some serious stuff. But there's a, there's a whole series of things you need to do when you think about starting a job. Get smart about it. Get your estate plan done. Get a will. Get a trust. I mean, we're not going to be here forever, any of us. And who do you want your assets to go to? Uh, we have a requirement in the offices here that everybody who works here has to have their estate plan done. There's no charge for them to do it because they're an employee. We want to offer that as a very important fringe benefit. Mm -hmm. We also want to impress upon everyone that if our own employees haven't done their estate plan, how can we advise other people to do it? So we want to make sure that you have your own will, durable power of attorney, healthcare proxy, and depending upon the size of your assets or what your goals are, you might do a trust as well. Give a call to Lance Law, 508-998-8800. There's no charge to come in and have a consultation and talk about these things. 
It's amazing how quickly you can find something on a phone with Google. So I first said in, into Google, um, actresses who have been married the most, the very first one was Zsa Zsa Gabor. Mm-hmm. And then I typed in actress who said she keeps a man's house, quote, and immediately it popped up, Zsa Zsa Gabor. That's funny. I am a marvelous <laughs> housekeeper. Every time I leave a man, I keep his house. <laughs> Isn't that a great wow. quotation? So she should have met Ben Franklin, who talked about getting... Being, be getting a better man, and she or was find married. a better man. And she was married. Uh, da, 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 da. It doesn't say how many times. It just shows all the different marriages. But it looks like at least seven or eight. Wow. Well, I guess she was an optimist. We encourage optimism, not necessarily encourage lots of marriages. <laughs> so, personally, I've known one person who was married five times, and I thought, oh my God, be careful what you wish for. Nine marriages. Nine. Nine marriages. Okay. I think it was her, not not them. Well, you probably don't have that until you reach wow. Gen X. So when you reach Gen X, you are born between 1965 and 1980. You're between the ages of 41 and 56. Mm-hmm. So congratulations, Pete. You are a member of Gen X. We've established that. Thank you. Okay. And yes, Brianna, I would rather be a millennial at 25 than close to retirement. Ray, what generation are you a part of? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> we said we said um, the first boomer generation before, but now that I'm looking at the dates, no, it no, 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 we don't have you're... to go there. We don't talk about my age, but we're going to be talking shortly about why we're cursing more during the pandemic, as we talked about. Our listeners are sitting on the edge of their seats right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, you often like to quote Rodney Dangerfield, and we're just talking about people's age, and and. Uh, one of the, his not quotes, but it was in one of his famous movies, Caddyshack, is he comes dancing up to this woman whose husband he doesn't like, and he says, "Whoa, you must have been something before electricity." <laughs> <laughs> and I, he ad libbed that. He ad libbed a lot of uh, Caddyshack, actually. Yeah, he was funny. He was a funny guy. I've always liked him. So Phil McGraw once said, "A year from now." You're going to weigh more or less than what you do right now. I like my pockets to weigh more. (laughs) Now, that's a really good commentary. That's a good comeback. I like that. But we're here to advise you and talk to you about things you can do no matter what age and what generation you're in. There's always something you can do to improve your situation. And take advantage of what we can offer. You know, there's also an article recently in the Wall Street Journal, Millennial Buyers Help Art Sales Soar. And I thought that was interesting. So the millennial age group, 25 to 40, has more discretionary income. Hmm. Cost of living is higher as well. Well, But they're also investing in art. Millennials are not having children as early as previous generations were, or or not at all. I was going to say a lot are are choosing to not have children at all. And they're, you know, they're, they're very specific with, with their reasoning. Kids are expensive. They tie you down. You can't travel as much, all those kind of things. Um, I know that I would have a lot more money if it were not for my three children, but I knew that I wanted to have kids, you know, when I was probably still in high school. Um, I just loved kids even at that age. And I won't comment on that one, but go ahead. I just, I always knew that I wanted to be a dad. Okay. Always. Not always, but. Well, that must mean you liked your dad. I do. Good. I love my dad. Thank you. 90% of the time. 90% of the time. (laughs) No, I love you all the time, but 10% of the time I want to smack you. We always say in my family, (laughs) I don't always like you, but I always love you. Yes. I like that expression. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So Gen X is between ages 41 and 56. By then... By the time you get closer to the 56 age side of things, you're starting to think, holy crap, i got to retire someday. Am I going to be able to afford it? What can I do to increase what I'm spending? Or I mean, to not increase what I'm spending, but to save money. Should I pay off my mortgage? Should I not pay off my mortgage? What if I die? We see a lot of people that die at a young age. I mean, I know people right now with diseases that will eventually be fatal for them. Mm-hmm. And... They're no longer able to get insurance. So if you wait too long to get insurance, for example, 
um, you may not be eligible for it. And I've talked about this many times in the past. I can't tell you how many times I've had people call me and say, um, you know, I need insurance because I just was diagnosed with this or my father isn't doing well and, you know, he's going to be put on hospice, put into hospice pretty soon. You know, we need some burial insurance. Well, at that point, it's too late. Well, burial insurance you can sometimes do if you do it as a lump sum amount. We can help you with that as well. Um, Everybody should probably have a a small policy of at least $10,000 for burial insurance. We can help you do that. And it can be as simple as writing a check and putting the money aside. Maybe it helps lower your estate if you have a larger taxable estate and you don't want to pay taxes. So uh, just keep in mind there's something you can do. It sometimes can be as simple as I'll sit down with somebody and say, once we've done your budget, by the way, now can you afford to put more money aside out of your weekly pay into your retirement accounts? Yeah, and we always say put a little bit more um, aside into your IRA, into your 401k than you might be comfortable with, and you'll figure out a way to make it work. Yep. And if not, in a couple months, if you're really struggling, then you can always you know change what you're putting in. But put more than what you think you're going to be comfortable with. And as we are listening to this show right now, and we're about to take another short break, as we listen to this show, remember that even in January and February and March, and up until April 1st, roughly, at the time before you file your income tax return, you can still put money into an IRA account for the year that has just gone by, and take a deduction on your income tax, and we'll show you how to do that. If you're over the age of um, uh, 50, I guess it is, you can put aside $7,000 and take a tax deduction. You can lower your tax bill for the previous year. If you're married, you can double that. You can do $14,000. And it doesn't matter if one of the spouses is not working. You can still put aside $14,000 as a couple, take a tax deduction, we'll help you do it. We'll be right back after a short break. Call 508-998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. This is Money Wise Radio. Money Wise is in many places. If you missed a minute of the show or want to listen to past episodes of Money Wise, go online to usawealthgroup.com and click on the radio page. That's usawealthgroup.com. This is Money Wise Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to our last segment. There's been so much controversy in our country. People ought to be nicer to each other. And it's hard to take a deep breath when there's so much stress around, isn't it? Mm-hmm. There's even a billboard up on 195 as you're going through New Bedford that says, you know, life's stressful enough, let him in. Like, in other words, yeah. be courteous and let the person in. It's just <laughs> crazy yeah. that you have to put up a billboard to remind people to be human. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm at an age when I should be should not be lifting a lot of things, but I was in front of um, Home Depot the other night. I was waiting for your mother to come to the store in her car. And there's a guy came out with a long, one of these long carts, and he had a really long package on it. It was about a foot high and three feet wide and 10 feet long. And I said, would you like some help? He's going to put it into his truck. He says, yeah, I wouldn't mind. So I helped him get this package up onto his tailgate, and then we picked up the other end. It was a lot heavier than I thought, but you know, sometimes it's nice just to reach out and give a hand to somebody. Yeah, I, I always do that, if it's, especially if it's somebody who's older, elderly. I was coming out of a Lowe's in Wareham about a month ago, and this guy had all these cabinets loaded up into his pickup truck bed. And went around the corner and the line broke and they all went flying out onto the road. Oh my gosh. So I went there and helped him load everything back into his truck and another person stopped and helped out and he was so grateful. But, you know, he was never going to get those countertops back into his truck by himself. Mm. And um, about a week ago, there was a woman at at, uh, CVS and she had two cases of water. I don't even know how she carried the two cases of water to the counter, but I brought those out and put put them in her trunk. 
you know, she must have been 80 years old. Mm. And uh, so I, I try to do that. And she was so grateful. And by the way, how has CVS not been shamed more than they have with their receipts? Have you shopped at CVS? You go in there and get one thing. You can get a thing, like a chapstick and you get a, a receipt that's like literally three feet long. Yeah. You can wear it as a scarf. There's been, there's been jokes about that on yeah. some of the comedy shows. How have they Where not been shamed for being so wasteful? I don't know. Well, um, we, we need to talk about that at some point on the radio, but probably not today. Let's move on to the boomers. You know, the boomers are the best generation of all. Oh, are I'm, they? Because I'm in the boomer generation. <laughs> not but, according to younger generations. Well, they're the best off financially. They control more of the resources, like 40 or 50% of all the resources in this country are controlled and owned by boomers. I'm not really sure that the younger generations have a right to say anything about them being a better generation since most of them don't want to work nowadays. Okay, boomer. <laughs> I'm not a boomer. <laughs> You can't call me a boomer. No, but um, talk about the impact of inflation. Holy cow. When I had my first job, and I've mentioned this before, um, my combined income, this is around 1970, between me and my wife was around $20,000 a year. Wow. $21,000 a year. We bought our first house for $21,700. Wow. It was a three-bedroom ranch with one and a half baths. It was a nice house on a nice lot. And holy cow, that house today has got to be worth at least three, probably $400,000. Do you remember the address? No, yeah. I'm not going to look it up. I wouldn't remember it. But. Okay. but yeah, that's the thing is that so now that house is probably worth about 400000 especially because it's in Mattapoisett. But you're not going to find a couple with $400,000 of income to go mm -hmm. in and buy a $400,000 house. Right. That's and inflation. People who make $400,000 are buying a million-dollar house or more, whereas you know people who um, are buying a $400,000 house nowadays are making you know, maybe $100,000 a year combined or 150 right. at most kind of. So a lot of things are really um, mixed up when you think about it uh, economically. So the boomers are able to buy things much more affordably and much more related to their income well, than I've, you can today. I've talked about this numerous times. There's also so many things that you didn't have to pay for when you were uh, yeah. first starting out and raising a family. There was no such thing as Wi-Fi to pay for, Internet to pay for. Um, you know, Even cable TV wasn't really a thing. Uh, cell phone bills. We talked earlier about uh, Grubhub and DoorDash and all that. Those all come with premiums. Um, you know that there's a fee to do all that, plus the tip, as I mentioned earlier. And then you've got Netflix and Disney yeah, Plus and Hulu, and I mean, it's really crazy all the different subscriptions that people have to pay for nowadays if you want to keep up with all the different shows. So there's a lot more expenses than there ever used to be. Um, well, I met with a client just recently. Um, he's not a boomer. He's what we would call probably uh, post-war generation. He's over 90 years of age. He's a very significant assets. House is paid for. Doesn't spend any money. Lives very frugally. People also lived more frugally uh, in the boomer generation and the earlier generation. They don't go out as much. They don't spend as much money. Uh, they don't buy all the latest and greatest things, so they were more frugal. Yeah. We're not like that today with the millennials and the Gen Xs and so forth. It's a different time. Cost, so the cost of living is much worse today than it used to be. All the more reason you need to think about things that you can do to protect your family and protect your retirement. What if you go to a nursing home? The law firm here, for example, does a lot of work showing people how to protect their assets from a nursing home. And by the way... If you're concerned about that at all, give them a call. Uh, call Tenny Lance or uh, Michael Coleman Attorneys at 508-998-8800, uh, and they can show you ways that you can protect your assets and save them for your kids in case you ever have to go to a nursing home. One of the things you can do, by the way, is you can do life insurance with what's called a living benefit. So let's say you bought a $200,000 life insurance policy with a living benefit. What it means is if you have to go into a nursing home, you can draw down on the life insurance death benefit proceeds and use that money to pay for the nursing home cost. And what that is is it, it's 
basically an alternative way to pay for the nursing home, as you just said, instead of having long-term care insurance, because long-term care insurance, when it first came out, was very inexpensive, and now it's very cost prohibitive for anybody except for the very wealthy. Yeah, and Brianna, you know, there's also, you also have to think about taxes and everything that you do, even at your age. Yeah. Like, for example, I don't care what the amount is, but if you could put aside uh, even $1,000 into an IRA and you itemize your deductions, and maybe you don't, um, you can deduct that off your income tax. Mm -hmm. So no matter what you do, no matter what generation you're in, you should always be thinking about is there a way that I can pay fewer taxes? I think a lot of uh, people my age and younger, this is something they don't really think about because it, it seems so far off, out of, of sight, out of mind. Sure. But if you have um, children or grandchildren who are in their early to mid-20s or maybe you know they're teenagers, it might be a good time to mm -hmm. set something up for them, set up an appointment so they can come in and right. start thinking about these things. I wish I had started earlier i wish i had started when i was younger you know i'd yep. have i'd be better off even more better off now so the the important point is um even you should start now so here's another great idea for a tax deduction for you have a baby i'm, I'm okay i'm a millennial you're okay we don't do that. you don't do that okay <laughs> <laughs> then you get a child care child care credit <laughs> No, there's more reasons to do it than just a child <laughs> more, care credit. More people your age are thinking about that, though, and they are um, starting to think about saving for their retirement at a younger age, and that's a great mm. thing. Um, you know, I've been doing this for 16 years or so, and it's only been maybe the last five years that I have clients who are under 30. Mm -hmm. And I probably have, I don't know, dozen and a half, two dozen clients who are in their early to mid-20s who are socking away money. Well, I like to say, and especially for boomers who are closer to retirement than anybody, um, can you afford to retire? And this is a major concern for a lot of people. One of the gratifying things that we have experienced here is that we can sit down with somebody sometime and they think they don't have enough money to be able to retire. And we'll do their budget, we'll create an, an income plan for them to show how much money do they need to live on if they're going to retire? Will they have enough? What do they have for assets? And then we'll, even without counting for any um, earnings, any interest on their retirement assets, we'll let them know just with the money that you have now, if it didn't earn anything further, here's how many years you could live um, based on your income plan. Yep, exactly. And most are very happy to hear that and surprised to hear that. Mm -hmm. So I always say, and I know it gets repetitive sometimes, there's always something we can do to show you how to protect what you've earned, not have it go to a nursing home, or utilize your money in a different uh, method Then you're not going to lose it. And For example, you do a Morningstar analysis if somebody has securities, Pete, right? Right. That's uh, just a snapshot of how the portfolio is, is performing. Um, you know, it can really be an eye-opener for what kind of fees you're paying versus your actual performance um, based on the S&P 500 as a benchmark. So that's a real eye-opener for a lot of people. And um, they think that they're earning a lot. Had a client in here who had a you know, $1.6 million brokerage account, and he says, well, gee, you know, I take out $50,000 a year and the account still goes up. And I say, yeah, but when you look at this, your real return is 1.2%. You know, you're vastly underperforming the S&P 500, um, and yet because it's such a large account, you're still gaining. It's just you're gaining at a very low interest rate. Um, uh, so it's, it's, again, an eye-opener for some people. But I think the, the sort of gist of this show and, the, and the, the main message that we're trying to get across is always something that we can do to help you, um, but also regardless of what generation you are in, there's always something that you can and should be doing to help yourself down the road, whether you're a Gen Z, millennial, Gen X, or a boomer. Well, Brianna, we appreciate very much your words of wisdom, too. I want to give you a closing quotation that I like to give to my wife as well, and maybe you'll find some wisdom in this for yourself. I'm sure that mom just loves whatever you're about to say. This is from Diogenes, who is... Um, 
I guess he was a, a Greek philosopher from years ago, thousands of years ago. He said, what I like to drink most is wine that belongs to others. So, ladies and gentlemen, drink some wine that belongs to others. Can you say that to mom? I do. Okay. Yeah, also, I, I couldn't ever possibly imagine that that guy was born thousands of years ago with a oh, he was. like Dionogies or... No, Diogenes. Diogenes, yeah. I, I hear that's the number one trending baby boy name coming up. <laughs> no. Oh, look at my little Diogenes. My, my other favorite one for her is, um, you. we shall drink no wine before it's time. It's time. It's always time. <laughs> <laughs> we hope that you enjoyed a little bit of the humor on the show today, and it's all done in good taste and good intentions. Thank you, Brianna. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You've been listening to Money Wise with the money guys, Ray Lance and Pete Lance, powered by USA Wealth Group, Inc. If you have questions about retirement, call today, 508 508- 998-8858. That's 508-998-8858. MoneyWise is also online. Go to usawealthgroup.com. That's usawealthgroup.com. Firm offers insurance services. USA Wealth Group Inc. is an independent financial services firm that utilizes a variety of investment and insurance products. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management LLC. AE Wealth Management and USA Wealth Group Inc. are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claim paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. USA Wealth Group Inc. is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during this show shall constitute tax or legal advice. Our firm is not affiliated with or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by USA Wealth Group Inc. USA Wealth Group Inc. has a strategic partnership with tax professionals and attorneys who can provide legal advice. Lance Law Inc. is not affiliated with USA Wealth Group Inc. or AE Wealth Management. This radio show is a paid placement.